through. Bingo! You are now listening to the facts. that educates and entertains. I'm Jules Schmitz, accompanied by James Jackson, Jake Galley, and crunching numbers in the back, we've got Stat Matt. This past week in sports, the English Premier League season began. Charlie Manuel was hired as the Phillies hitting coach. Jake Arrieta to have season-ending surgery on his throwing elbow, and Serena Williams withdraws from Rogers Cup due to back spasms. Here's a fact straight at you. Antonio Brown has six straight seasons of 1,200-plus yards, but does his drama make him a liability as a player? Um, Not as a player, not but as, at all as, as a player. here's what it makes it a, a liability as a leader on your team. And this is, like, it's funny because you look back through Antonio's entire career, up until, like, two-ish years ago, three-ish years ago, he was... Like the headliner, non-Devo receiver, totally, he was a six-rounder, worked his way up, a very level-headed guy. And then so something snapped. Well, the money. Right, right. Money, I guess he started getting accolades, ba- yeah. started getting money in his bank account. And now he's one of the crazier humans, not only in the NFL, but in the total uh, public but, pop culture lexicon. But to your point, was he ever known as a leader, quote-unquote? Like, if you had to pick a leader on those Steelers teams, it was undoubtedly it's, Ben Roethlisberger well, and, or Mike Tomlin. Or, or, or Troy Polamalu. Like, right, that's the thing. Is, there's Ward, so many guys to choose from when you're on Pittsburgh because it's such an established franchise. And now you go to historic train wreck of a franchise, the Oakland Raiders, <laughs> and he's fitting in right as, as if... Seamlessly. Uh, Right, as if it was like this his entire career. It's been really bizarre the way he's okay, been acting. Okay, bizarre is the only way to really explain it. And let's do our best to try to really explain it. Yeah, why don't you for, break it down? For those people who don't know exactly what's going on with Antonio Brown. First, it was um, the whole incident with his, you know, him getting frostbite on his feet. So uh, about a month ago, he went to France uh, to do cryotherapy, it's how yep, it's pronounced. That's cryotherapy and get in a machine, you know, kind of rejuvenate your body, gets all the toxins out and everything. He didn't wear the proper... Uh, like, you know, the footwear. proper footwear. Uh, didn't protect his feet well enough. And when he entered the, the machine, they left the machine left his feet frostbitten. And it got so bad that it actually, like, burnt the bottoms of his feet it's, off. If you've ever seen it, look at it. It's gross. You, there's a picture of it. He posted a picture of it on Instagram. Go to his Instagram. And it, there's literally, like, skin coming off the bottom of his feet to the point where he couldn't walk. Like, he literally just couldn't, couldn't walk. Couldn't play, right. He, he stopped play, practicing, couldn't do anything. too. It, it was gross. It was nasty. That is more excusable to me. Then the whole helmet saga. Why don't you break down the helmet well, saga? Do you on? think that the whole helmet issue is spiraling because that's what he wants? Like, he wants to take the attention off of, like, the whole feet maybe. issue? Maybe. That's a good well, point. And, and here's, he's a little embarrassed, maybe. Right. Well, it's not only embarrassing, but also when you, when you talk about just in the workplace, um, if he were to miss games... Because of this injury, obviously, if you get injured on a cut in camp, it's way different than if he's going and doing cryotherapy in France or on a motorbike in the offseason and hurts himself. That's on him. So they could dock his pay, and he gets paid a lot of money per game. I don't have the exact breakdown here, but... Just know it's a lot of money. It could could be a diversion because he he dropped it pretty easily. And and when you take a look at that entire saga, it starts in the beginning of camp. Uh, Antonio Brown has worn the same helmet his entire career pretty much he, he's he's worn the same model um which is the shut air advantage um he wore the sh- the shutter xp advantage i don't i don't really i'm not like i'm not a football player i don't know that right. there's obviously a little difference um 
between models. So he wants to wear this model, the same model that Aaron Rodgers, Alvin Kamara, Tom Brady, multiple other people in the NFL have worn. Uh, but this was the year that the NFL said, look, you got to kick. It. Yeah, it's, 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 it's not, outlawed. You it's can't uns- wear it anymore. It's unsafe. And to that same point, you know, Tom Brady actually came out and said, I agree or I understand where Antonio Brown is coming from. I don't like that I have to change my helmet. I've worn the same helmet. And in both cases, they're parallel because in both careers, they've worn the helmet that they want to and had Hall of Fame careers up until this point. The difference is Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Alvin Kamara, and others said, man, this sucks, G. Willikers, but I'm going to change my helmet. Like, that's just, that's the rule. Like, so that's what it has to on be. The, on the timeline, he comes into camp, he wants his old helmet, they don't have it. Like, it's, it's banned, Antonio, we don't have it. And he says, well, why is Brady and Rodgers and, and the guys who we said, why are they still wearing it? Storms out. Team is, the, the team officials text Antonio pictures in practice of Brady and Rodgers without that helmet on. He comes back the next day, takes the new helmet, completes a workout. Nothing's wrong. Then, a few days later, comes into camp, and Antonio has his old shutter XP, shut XP advantage on. And did you did you figure out how he, did you hear it, how he got it? He colored it with, like, magic markers. <laughs> he did it himself. To yeah, where, he did like, it himself. He yeah. literally crossed out and, and like... Like stencil drew a Raiders logo on it right. and, and put Matt Black magic marker Let on it. Let me break like this no down. Like, like a little kid. Let me break <laughs> this yeah. down. If you are a multimillionaire and you find yourself hunched over a helmet with a magic marker, in that moment you need to take a step back and, and be like, okay, I might be in the wrong and here. What's got, going on? And he's got two sons, which is hilarious. So imagine him. Imagine this is what I'm picturing: Antonio Brown downstairs in his basement. His basement's pitch black. He's got one desk lamp over his over his helmet. <laughs> Two a.m. They'll never notice. They'll never notice. And then his his kids come downstairs. Daddy, what are you doing? Like, wh- why are you coloring this helmet? What's going on? But so he comes into camp with a colored helmet that he did himself. It's not the same as the other ones. They take it from him. They say you can't do this, um, and they send him home. And then he. So this is actually before the frozen feet stuff take him out. Then he right. takes it so out. That's happened a, a minute ago. Right. Then yeah. the frozen feet uh, feet stuff happened. Takes him out. And he finally says, look, I'm not playing ever again unless I get my helmet. Possibly like, one of the craziest things ever done that by is a human tantrum. That is a tantrum. That's well, like this a is the kid. problem that lies with me because he told the NFL that he's going to hold them liable if he does get hurt during the season wearing their helmet, which everyone else is already right. wearing. Right. Right. Not the, the, it's known as causation in legal terms. Basically, how's he going to prove if he does get hurt that he wouldn't have gotten hurt if he was wearing his helmet? Like, he could get hurt doing both things. So that's, it's like... Dude, just just show up and wear the freaking helmet. When you're a sociopath, <laughs> Jewel, this is uh, not something that comes into your mind. Right. But so regardless, this actually all played out within a week. Uh, they went to an arbitrator who said that you have to wear every the helmet that shocker every and also it's not just one helmet. He has twenty more over twenty helmets to pick from of the new models. And his helmet was not the only helmet that was outlawed this year. Right. He's acting like there was about I think ten to fifteen helmets that were outlawed. And the shoot the company that makes the helmet that he wants to wear. Three of those helmets are outlawed. They make five helmets. Three of the five shoot helmets are outlawed. So, like, probably should just go to a different helmet. Just go to a, another different model and, altogether, and, and my man. That is what he said he was going to do after the arbitrator uh, banned him from wearing that helmet, settled the grievance. He said, fine, I can't wait to be with my teammates, Like, just like nothing happened. So it almost mm. is like he is using this as a big flare-up to divert from the fact that he froze his feet off. Um, but it, it just comes off as like a really bad look on a team that's on Hard Knocks too. You it's already on national have, TV. He hasn't you have national been on TV. It yet. Yeah, he's, been um, on it, so. right, he's been very, very sparing amounts. He's been on it, but 
like, I don't know, like, he, he's acting like the helmet. He's, like, trying to be an outcast. It's like, dude, start a clothing line if you want to, like, have your own, like, ego out there. Right. Like, it just, like, don't right. take it on the field. Yeah. It's, like, very odd to me. And especially to a player who's looking for a fresh start, for a team who's looking to, to restart and rejuvenate their franchise, a head coach in his second year, you know, their starting running back's going to be a draft pick. They got a, not, a, a lot of new and fresh things going on. Like, if I'm Antonio Brown, and this is probably what, if I'm Mike Mayock or John Gruden, what I'm trying to tell him is, dude, this is everybody here is looking for a clean slate, a fresh start, and all you're doing is putting a blemish on your clean slate to start. Before we even took the football field, you're making everybody pissed off. Do at you think right? John Gruden, before he decided to defend him, do you think at first he was like, what the hell do we get ourselves into? <laughs> no, that's my point. Is I think that John Gruden and Mike Mayock both knew, bro, we're going to go get Antonio Brown. And one of them said to the other, or one of them said to their team, He's going to come in with drama. It's Antonio Brown. We can either anticipate that and either be relieved when it doesn't happen or not be shocked when it does happen, or we can go and say, no, he's going to come in as a straight arrow and he's not going to do anything wrong. And now we're beside ourselves when Antonio Brown does Antonio Brown. Right. And and we've seen when you set that hard line of like, look, we're not going to tolerate this from star receivers. I don't care how good you are. You're going to act like this, that, and the other. You get an Odell Beckham situation mm -hmm. where he is now in Cleveland right. because New York and the, I, I will put it more on the New York media from what I've read and from what I've seen. His teammates didn't really have a problem with the way he acted. It's more front office and uh, the media in New York, which can They're be also very, losing. But, if Odell did that on a right, winning team, true. it looks Look, a lot different. Speaking of teammates, though, don't you think that in the Raiders locker room, some of the other players are thinking, wow, like, would he, like, at Gruden back? them if they were to pull this Good. shit and no, see right. how far no. they could get you're with it. You're not the best receiver in the like, NFL. They're going to push right, no. their limits yeah, to see it'll be like... Which is, and, and by the way, when you look around, look at the teams who have a lot of success and, and the, the model that no one else has really been able to replicate the for Patriots. a couple of reasons is the Patriots. No one is doing that on the Patriots. And like, if they do, the first time that they do, you're going. I don't, right. It doesn't matter. Malcolm, he sat Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl. He sat Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl. Randy Moss and Tom Brady broke damn near every quarterback-receiver record combination there was. Randy Moss caused a headache. He said, Go, you're going. Like, I don't care who right. you are. But can you, can you guys give me your point of view on John Gruden's actual words because like to, when I listened to what he said he said it's not his fault blah 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 well yes it is his fault for him to one position himself like that and two nobody coerced you to get in that machine to do that like take like I, I get shit happens but like right. take ownership well of look that. at it look no, at it from Gruden's point of view though like what is he gonna say like he just he's got, got a back, brand he's new guy on his team him. he's gotta back him if you if you go ahead and blast Antonio and Antonio goes back with the I don't need football oh I can walk away from the now game whenever I want you wasted so much right. money it looks bad on that you wasted, yeah. you wasted so much money and John Gruden cannot be surprised by anything John Gruden sat in the booth for for some odd years doing as an job. analyst and watch Antonio Brown objectively from afar. And I bet if we go back and look at some John Gruden sound bites, he has probably some choice things to say about Antonio Brown sometimes, as pretty much every analyst did. Well, on the field, he's perfect. Like, on the field, you cannot say a bad thing and about I think Antonio that's Brown. What, and I think that's what John Gruden's, John Gruden's probably telling a lot of people, do. just wait till he gets between the white lines. Like, if, if he gets between the white lines and he's a shell of himself and he's not doing anything, then we can go yell right. at Antonio and, and Brown. For, but... 
If he goes and produces, maybe we can kind of like push these all problems of under the rug. Away. We got to sweep him under but the rug. But the, the point is the drama in general is taken away from their pro- productivity for the preseason. So regardless, right. it's an issue that doesn't even need to be happening. It hurts the chemistry, but Antonio Brown skill-wise is not a player who needs the preseason. He, he does plenty of good work on his own. He's got great yeah, skills. Yeah, but it's affecting the other players. Right, he needs the chemistry with Derek Carr, who's not the greatest quarterback right. in the world. So to establish that chemistry is good. And... Uh, I, just for what it's worth, I was listening to a podcast with Robert Mays, who covers the NFL, and he said he goes, he's going around doing his rounds in training camp, and the one thing, the biggest conversation in the locker room between all the places that he's been at has been a roasting of AB in all the locker rooms. Anywhere he's gone, they've been roasting AB because uh, the podcast was recorded and it was all happening while he was in these locker rooms. So right. at least other NFL players have a good head on their shoulder. Julio Jones, I saw, um, said, here, you could give me a medium or a large. I'll go out there and play. doesn't matter. That's the type of receiver who I want, but I, th- that might just be me. Well, right. speaking of Julio Jones, he averaged 2.5 catches for less than 40 yards per game in his preseason. How much do rookie performances matter in the preseason, and which rookie had the best week one? Yep. Here's what I will say about the preseason. Do rookie performances matter? I mean, obviously, for especially for high-level draft picks because, you know, you're really hardcore evaluating these players that you spent a first or second, an early third-round pick on. But it, it's not the end-all, be-all. I mean, we've, there's plenty of – there's so many examples of, oh, he didn't look that great in the preseason, he even looked that great at, early in his rookie season, and he's a great player now. Um, but there are some, some rookies that stood out in week one of preseason. Yeah, and I think two of them, two of the guys play the same position and are on the San Francisco 49ers yeah. who look uh, between Debo Samuel, who was drafted in the second round, and Jalen Hurd, who was drafted in the third round. There's a ton of intrigue, if I'm a casual NFL fan, in those two guys going forward. Same, and they're pretty they're pretty polar opposites. When you look at Samuel, he was drafted a little bit higher, um, and he is a guy who is probably the best NFL-ready route runner out of all of the guys taken in the draft. They all have kind of a different skill. Marquise Brown was super, super fast. You right. have Enkeel uh, Harry, who we'll talk about in a little bit, um, who has had a little bit of an underwhelming season, uh, preseason so far, but he's a guy who can go up One and catch game. the ball. One game, One game exactly. Um, Debo Samuel, very intriguing. He had a decent week. And then who I'm really excited about and I've had my eye on is Jalen Hurd. He's yeah. 6'5". Converted from running back. Into a receiver, into a receiver so, yeah. which is why he fell to the third round because mm-hmm. he's not exactly uh, fine-tuned in these receiving, you know, catching, route running, that type stuff. But when you look at his overall physique, he's 6'4". He had two touchdowns in the preseason debut. Granted, it's preseason. But when you take a look at that offense, you have George Kittle. And then between the receivers... Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd could very well end up as the number one and two guys there right. this year. I mean, it's but it's it's really dependent on how Jimmy Garoppolo comes back. We're going to see him for the first time in this week two stretch of preseason games. First time since tearing his ACL last season, which even before tearing his ACL didn't look like the Jimmy Garoppolo who went 7-0 and and then got that contract. Um so, right. well, so I think that's going to be, especially for two rookie receivers um, on, on a team that doesn't have a good defense at all, a team that's pretty bad. They're going to be throwing. They're going to be throwing a lot. Yeah. So that, that's really going to be dependent. Another guy who looked really good um, is Jacoby Myers. Um, in, in his first game, six, reception, six receptions, 
69 yards against the Detroit Lions. Uh, coming, out, coming out of NC State, um, you know, he, he's right now outplaying fellow rookie Nikhil Harry over there with the New England Patriots, and he's already reportedly having a very strong connection with Tom Brady, which that might be the best person in the NFL to establish a good connection with. You establish a good connection with Brady, not only are you getting 15 targets a game, you're getting 15 targets in, in very effective ways. Like, that is, if you listen to Julian Edelman had... Um, like a behind the scenes look i think at like his entire football life with his family and he would before he was big well-known julian edelman would fly out and anytime brady needed a receiver he would get in on that session in the preseason Mm -hmm. anytime it's 1 a.m time you need me to come fly across the country for you i'll do it that's how you and especially with a guy like tom brady he's going to throw the ball to who he knows is going to execute that's what the patriots are all about is execution so when you're a guy who tom brady trusts especially this early on i mean that's like the best compliment you can receive and there's a big buy-in right now there's a big competition on who's going to fill probably that number two receiving role because when gronk leaves everyone's going to assume that julian edelman's become the undisputed number one target right now but now there's a big buy-in for that number two slot will it be chris hogan will it be Nikhil harry will it be uh jacoby myers will it be whoever james white james white somebody else will it be sony michelle will it be somebody else who's going to come in and and take that number two spot and it's really up for grabs so if you already have to you're already on top Tom Brady's radar you're already someone who he can trust who he wants to go to like that's that's immensely good for you look if you're mentioning Tom Brady somebody who really sticks out to me that kind of he's almost following Tom Brady's footsteps a little bit Kyler Murray how do we think Mm. he's doing he's had a superb preseason thus far as expected no doubt he's going to be a star in the NBA or NBA, <laughs> NFL, my bad. Um, he started his first drive the other night on the two-yard line and completed six out of seven of his passes and realistically making all of them with one of them being an incompletion because of a penalty. Mm. Cardinals fans should be excited right now. No, it seems like there's going to be a magnetizing presence between himself and the wide receivers. And, w- and what what looked really promising to me if I'm a Cardinals fan is the fact that Cliff Kingsbury looks to right now to not be putting any reins on Kyler Murray. Well, one, why would you? Right. Why, why would you? I mean, you you let the kid let the kid roam free and get what you paid for. You got the number one overall pick. Like, why put any reins on him? Why put any training wheels on him? He's having Kyler Murray make throws rolling out to his left, rolling out to his right, and play and play action and shotgun. He put him in every situation you pretty much could have in six pass attempts. And Kyler Murray didn't look bad really on any let, one of them. He looked really composed. Is yeah, what he, he looked did. like. Let me ask He's you something. He's got the most security. Who's going to take Kyler Murray's starting job? So, well, <laughs> <laughs> who's gonna okay. of course not. Um, but. But if this were two years ago and Baker Mayfield had never had success as a undersized quarterback coming in and having early success, do you think that people would be as optimistic as they are with Kyler Murray? Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Well, Russell it, Wilson's so. like one of one, dude. There, are, they, It is so hard to be Russell Wilson. But Russell Wilson <laughs> paved the way for Baker Mayfield, who might right, have paved, who paved the, way the way for Kyler Murray. Exactly. But I, I'm just saying that I think, and it's also funny because when you look at what the Cardinals are trying to do right now, they're also trying to chase the hot trend of air raid offense, of, mm-hmm. of airing the ball out a ton. They picked up a guy who in college didn't have the best record with it. Cliff Kingsbury was a, um, a hot name, but didn't necessarily have a ton of success with no, his teams. But Cliff Kingsbury coached Pat Mahomes, too. And that right there, they mentioned it in their press release. Hey, yeah. this guy is, he uh, he, he, he coached Mahomes. He's, um, 
friends with McVay. He's this, he's that, he's yeah. the other. Like, they're chasing the hot thing in the NFL, and their team right now is constructed that way. Yeah. And I, I am super excited beyond the fact that Kyler Murray is the number one overall pick. I'm super excited to see how this whole experiment plays out. I mean, you got pretty much everyone on their team is, you know, all the special, you know, positions are dynamic players. Kyler Murray, um... I mean, Colin Murray at the at the quarterback position, David Johnson at the running back position, who might still have a little bit of a question mark above his head coming back from injury, but is a beast when he's healthy. Uh, Akeem Butler at the wide receiver position. You still have Larry Fitzgerald there to kind of teach everybody. Um, you got Hollywood or Hollywood Browns on the on the Ravens. I'm sorry, but Andy Isabella is Andy, another Andy uh, Isabella, draft pick for him. like they're they're constructed like you said as to be a high tempo, high yeah, like, running gun offense. They might not be good, but they're going to be interesting. And it's funny you bring up the Cliff Kingsbury and Sean McVay point um, because Sean McVay was the the hot commodity last year, and we're talking about paving the way for people. Sean McVay is going to pave the way for a lot of new age style that, of, of head coaches. Well, and that's the thing is and that Cliff uh, Kingsbury is I think the first payoff of that. A lot of times, uh, a couple years ago, they would go with the retread up, bring in John Fox. Bring in whoever the the Tom, most recent Tom Coughlin, yeah, right? Yeah. Whoever the most recent John, John Gruden, Gruden, yeah. Whoever's the most recent fired guy, let's bring him in. Now they're kind of paving the way, going a different direction. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm surprised Jim Harbaugh didn't take a stab at, at the NFL. He's got a, he's got a good spot. I think he would have. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the NFL starting with the NFL starting starts fantasy football. Oh, you're um, so hyped. You're so hyped. <laughs> you for should that. be too. Fantasy so football is a great thing. I'm pretty hyped for it myself. Uh, this is an interesting fact. Over the last seven years, there have been 42 top six running backs in fantasy football. None of them were on a team who finished in the bottom half of the league in scoring. Which paves the question, should you take Saquon Barkley number one? Because right, the Giants are probably going to be in the bottom, if not the bottom five in so scoring it, in the league. It, it's interesting um, because it, it's kind of like a clash of fantasy schools of thought. Either... You know, you can get a big cog in the machine. Like, for me, if I'm looking at offenses, I look at someone like Michael Thomas or someone in terms of wide receivers, Michael Thomas. Um, Julio Jones. Julio Jones. Devontae Adams is a great example. Good player on a good offense. Um, guys like Cooper Cup become more valuable. He's maybe not a number one receiver, but he's going to be very productive because his offense is just going to put up more numbers than someone Jared who's Goff better. 55 times a game. Right, yeah. exactly. So when you circle back to Saquon, the other school of thought is you want as much volume as possible, as much opportunity. It's not really the skill of the player or the skill of the offense. It's the amount of opportunities given. And Saquon's going to be in a spot where you look around, other than Evan Engram, who's like the guy who's popping off the page for you? Nobody. Well, Nobody. Ezekiel, Ezekiel, whoa, I cannot say his name. Ezekiel Elliott sticks out to me as well. I know, I know they're one and two and they're mm -hmm. the very obvious He's choices, another one. But he's but another he, one. He is in a good offensive situation. They'll score some but points. But he's a little different because he's got, at least on their team, on the Cowboys, you have receiving options. You have, right. you have good Cooper, line too. You have, yeah, You're going to be a good team. You have a, you have a good team over there. So Quan Barkley is the only good thing happening for the New York Giants right now. Evan Ingram, maybe, but Evan Ingram is sometimes up and down right, he's too. He's up and down too. He's the only consistently good thing happening for the Giants, which is good sometimes and it's worrisome because right. if I'm playing the Giants, like, I'm stacking eight in the box. I'm daring Eli Manning or Daniel, or Daniel, Jones, or Daniel Jones to beat me. Like, I'm daring that to happen. Saquon Barkley will not beat me. He could touch the ball 25 times a game. That could end up being 60 yards. Right, but then it also, so then it's like, it's so, this is why fantasy is so great. Because it also swings now. Okay, they're going to be down. They're going to be terrible. 
they're also not going to care on defense if they're up 30. They're going to let the little Saquon dump yeah. off for like six, seven yards. They're going to let that happen all day. Right. So if you're, if you're in a PPR league, that's for that's what? A little, that's a little, oh, it's that's, great. That's He's great he, for right on, on PPR. Guys like him and the guys who we're about to talk about are the best options for what it's worth. Uh, Saquon is still the number one consensus pick for CBS in all formats. Right, and, and we're not we're not saying this as to say you shouldn't take Saquon Barkley. Look, if you're listening to this and you're about to have a fantasy draft come up and you take Saquon Barkley, like, very good pick claps right. to you. You didn't do anything wrong. All we're saying is maybe take a look at other variables in this equation that has to do with taking them one overall pick. Like, there are some things to look at now, now that the Giants' office is drastically different than it was last year. Fantasy has always interests me just because it. I, I kind of relate it to, like, a March Madness. You can, to a degree, strategize, mm-hmm. but at mm-hmm. the same time, it's kind of just, like, there's surprises all the time. Yeah, there's so much, that's a very good point. Like, yeah. I can do all the research I want, but at, at the end of the day... It's a roulette at the, the end of the, the day. The number 16 might, be right. the, might beat the number one when it all said and done. Right, and, and that is the variability when you play fantasy. Um, that's why fantasy That's why fantasy makes my head spin. That's yeah, really you'll enjoy it. it. James, by the way, for the viewers, James is never done fantasy he's doing it this year finally first, got him in my first uh fantasy football look you guys may not especially the viewers at home may not know this about me i come off very confident i have a, I have a very fragile ego sometimes so if i go into a fantasy yeah football, you're a little baby yeah if i go into a fantasy <laughs> football and i'm last like that I, you might not hear from me for a little bit it's like i don't know if you guys heard about this real quick wait before speaking we, before of which if I remember, you lost the um, the competition last week. Where is that jersey oh, you promised yeah, you were going to wear? Yeah, yeah. First no, of all, me. That's you still me. salty? First of all, I am salty. <laughs> Second of all, thank you for bringing that up, Joe. I repressed you're that in my No, Joe, that's... Dang. Third, that's on you. Why did you're, catch that? No, that's on me. That's on me. He didn't bring the jersey. But I don't know if you... for the NFL preview before... There we go. We'll wear it for the NFL preview so you can support the team that will be winning the Super Bowl this year. Thank you, Matt. Thank you so much for that. But I don't know. Before we move on real quick, I know if you guys heard of this, Jalen Rose um, was is involved in. He came out and reported today. He's involved in like this high stakes celebrity fantasy football league every year. I mean, KD plays in it. Um, Draymond plays in it. Uh, it's like a 10k buy-in. Like it's mm. big, big money. Uh, KD got upset and left. They said, which is like the most hilarious KD thing I've ever heard in my life. That's it's really on brand. But uh, apparently, last year LeBron came in last and then left. Also hilarious. And my point is, I am LeBron in this situation. Like, if I come in last, like, I'm not doing it again. Like, yeah, I'm not, you're not going to catch me in it again. But here's the thing is that it's not your fault. It's insert player X who underperformed That's fault. True. That's true. Uh, as in Adam Thielen, you still owe me for last year in the playoffs, bro. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, then tell me, Jake. You have the Say you have the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. Who are you taking? <sighs> so, I... To be honest, I this really isn't starting do. well. You don't seem confident. Well, in this well, because there's there's really like four guys. We talked about two of them with Zeke and Saquon. I'm actually going to go with Christian McCaffrey. Okay. Um, and I just think, and, and it's funny because he, him, and I think the guy that you're going to go with were the two answers to one of the trivia questions that yeah. we had last week. But when you look at, and I, I'm of the school of thought of. I want to get the guys who are going to give the most opportunities. And there's no one else who's on the field more as a running back than Christian McCaffrey. He was more in, as a player. <laughs> more, well, in, in terms of running backs, he had 996 snaps. The next closest was Ezekiel Elliott with 895. So less than a, a 100 snap difference. He catches the ball. He runs the ball. And unlike other guys who catch the ball, he is on a good team where he's really the only option. Like, who right. else are they going to throw to? Down there. Uh, they have a Devin, DJ Moore, Devin maybe. Devin Funches isn't even there Devin Funches isn't there. You got, like, a, a decrepit 
Greg, Greg Olson, Olson yeah. like who are you gonna throw it to? So uh, look, a, a Cam Newton who may not be all that confident going down the field with coming off that shoulder right, he's surgery. He's a great check down. He yeah. has more yards per touch than uh, than Alvin Kamara, who a lot of people compare him to. Six point on every touch like yeah. that. You're getting great value there. And I don't know if if you've seen pictures of Christian McCaffrey last year to coming into camp this year. Dude is a tank. Like he's a unit right now. Like and I think they're gonna lean on him a lot. And. Uh, to the cherry on top of all of this is if you're someone who changes your team name, he presents a phenomenal team name, Run CMC. Instead of Run DMC, you have Run mm, Christian McCaffrey, CMC. Phenomenal. There you go. You're free to use that. That's off the top. But, uh, yeah, I'd have to be going with, with uh, McCaffrey, I think. I'm also calling bluff. I don't think you came up with that. I came up with top. it. I, I did. Not on my off ride, the top. On my ride not in. off right now. Yes. That's not off the oh, top. Oh, no, not off. I mean, Your it was, was like three hours it was, ago. It was it's off, the top off the top. At some point in time. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I'm going to go with the guy that you compared Christian McCaffrey to, and I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara from the Saints. We're going to stay in the NFC South division here. If I have the number one overall pick, I'm going to go with him for a couple of reasons. Um, people are, you know, are talking about maybe his his load is going to, you know, increase without Mark Ingram there, and that's going to hurt him. Um, we saw the first four games when Mark Ingram was suspended. Alvin Kamara didn't look like the Alvin Kamara we're used to because he was touching the ball so much. Maybe they were overusing him. He wasn't used to being that workhorse. Well, they bring in Latavius Murray to kind of replace Mark Ingram in those short yardage, big bowling ball back type situations. Um, so I think his low pretty much stays the same. And Sean Payton is also a coach where it's like a you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type of coach. So I, they, they're going to keep the offense the same. Uh, the only other big weapon on they have over there is Mike Thomas, who I know is going to take a lot of catches and a lot of touches. But Alvin Kamara act out of the backfield next to Christian McCaffrey may be the best receiving back in the league. He, right. He's they're great. very, they're like so, they're similar. so similar. They were taken in the same draft, too, yeah. as, as we learned last week. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Like Michael Thomas, he gets so many looks, and Drew Brees spreads the ball, ball around so much that, like, it just worries me a little bit. But even even with that, I mean, he's even with the fact that you're you're very correct. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Drew Brees finds a way to make Jared Cook in his old age very very uh, useful in that offense. But even with Drew Brees spreading the ball around so much in the last two seasons, Alvin Kamara in 2017's rookie year, 81 catches. 826 yards, five receiving TDs. Last year, 81 catches, 709 yards, and four receiving TDs. Only Marcus Colston, former Saint, Juju Smith-Schuster, Christian McCaffrey, OBJ, Jarvis Landry, and then his teammate now, Michael Thomas. Those are the only players in NFL history to have more receptions in their first two seasons. Like, <laughs> it, that is insane. Dude, it's what? such a pass-happy league now. It is so sickening where a running back, I mean, there's multiple of them in the league yeah. where, like, they are easily the best receiver but on the team. But he's only on this list. He's only trailing, besides Christian McCaffrey, he's only trailing receivers. Not only that, he's only trailing the best receivers in the league. Right, two of them were uh, players who played with Drew Brees. Yeah. But, James, let me ask you this. Right. Are you a little nervous that Alvin Kamara is hurt right now? A little bit. I mean, not. And he's a both, but him and McCaffrey are like smaller uh, uh, type guys, right? And so that I mean, but there's not there's not a whole lot of wear and tear on either of them. They've only been in the league two years. No major injuries. No major injuries. I mean, everyone look. Everyone's got little lingering this or that in camp. I was just gonna like, say, especially in camp, it's almost better that he gets hurt now. So yeah. even, even if it's a little industry, <laughs> if you're gonna have to get yeah, right. right. If you're gonna have to get hurt, knock on wood. Get but it out of the way. If you're now. gonna have to get hurt now, get hurt now. He probably won't play in the preseason, so we don't have to worry about him getting hit. Uh, there's no real major concern that he's gonna be out. For for the start of the regular season, even if he is, maybe misses week one, 
I'll take that L then on, on week one and, and be ready for the rest of the season. Right. So, um, I mean, last year, even still, some more Alvin Kamara stats. Uh, he averaged 5.1 yards uh, for carry uh, for the whole season last year. That's ranked highest among running backs with at least 300 touches last season. So, even still, if you're not... He's, if you think, oh, maybe his load is going to be too much, he's used to being a little bit of a workhorse. Also, if you look at, I saw a graph, if you look at yards per carry and um, then oppose it with first downs gained, he is number one. He's yeah. number one. So he's great at, he's a great explosive play type guy. Um, and in that offense, he's, as we said, get a, get a cog in the machine. Yeah, the same, and the, that is a machine of a Saints and offense. That's a big cog. So, so efficient. They haven't ranked outside the top 12 in total offense since 06, since Breeze and Peyton teamed up. Um, so, you're right. Go get Alvin Kamara. If you pick him, I, you have the, the James Jackson co-sign of approval right there. <laughs> All right, guys. I, uh, as much as I love football... Um, I, love it. I have gotten engraved into the NBA this year. Mm. Uh, and that, that has a lot we to do with you, too. We remember. I, we remember. I, I, well, <laughs> everybody knows it. my favorite team in Philadelphia is the 76ers. That being said, something very interesting happened uh, with the 2K that's coming out um, recently. Uh, they are incorporating the 1980s to the 1990s um some of which players you can find in there are Jordan, Magic, Bird, Moses Malone, and Mikhail. And Mikhail. Uh, the 1990s to the 2000s uh, are including Stockton, Jordan, Pippen, Carl Malone, and Elijah Wan. The 90s to the 2000s, AI, Kobe, LeBron, Duncan, Shaq. And the 2000s to the 2010s, which consists of Curry, Harden, LeBron, KD, and Dwight Howard. Which all decade do we think is the best? All right, and just to be clear, uh, they are also doing the 50s, 60s, 70s. They've only released the 80s, 90s, 2000, and 2010 well, really, so far. The 80s and on is really the only ones that people really care about. <laughs> right, well, basketball really relevant. sucked before then, as right. we've talked about at length. But, uh, if okay, pick a team. Go ahead and take I'll, I'll give you the first pick. You're giving me the first pick? Might well, if well. we're doing this on, uh, I don't know, my answer would probably be the same if we're doing this, picking 2K teams or picking teams in real life. I'm picking that 2000s team. Um, yeah. my, so my team's going to be AI, Kobe, LeBron, Duncan and Shaq, which, by the way, if you're asking me my all-time starting five, favorite or best, kick out Kobe from Michael Jordan, and that's literally my all-time starting five right there. It's pretty like, good. That's a, that's a beast of a team. And you know, you know oh, from, 2K. from many 2K games that Shaq may be the most unstoppable player. haunts me in my oh, sleep. Oh, my goodness. Like, that's... that. James uh, and I, what was it, like 2K, like 17 yeah, or something? 17, we used to play blacktop, and James would pick the same team. At, well, we pretty much both would pick the, the same, same team, team every time. Never really get tired of it either. But it would, just, it would just be me switching out who I would have defending, <laughs> defending Shaq, Shaq to you try went and through, stop You him. went through Will. I went through half the, like, <laughs> legends. Like, you went oh, through Will. You put KG at one point. I think Boogie was there. Duncan. Duncan Elijah was there. Elijah all, all had their crack at Malone was there. Someone all had it. Wilt Chamberlain was only Wilt was the one was that was the best one. I don't even he would he, he didn't even best Shaq. He no, would just cancel was, out Shaq. Like he would just equal Shaq. Right. Would, but in terms of if I'm picking someone, I want to pick the 2010s, which is Curry, Harden, LeBron, KD, and Dwight Howard. But I can't leave Dwight Howard in there against Shaq. He will get I've tried Dwight Howard against Shaq in 2K. <laughs> I know how it goes. Okay, but um, you've also tried Akeem Olajuwon and, and you haven't tried Moses Malone. Yeah, Moses is also a little smaller. I'm probably going to go with the 90s, I think. Okay. Stockton, Jordan, Pippen, Carl Malone, and Hakeem Olajuwon. I love using Hakeem in uh, 2K. He's a lot of fun to use as yeah. a big man. Uh, Pippen, he, can stretch, he can stretch Shaq out, too. Which, you know, Pippen, Shaq despite shooting under 30% from three, is like an A-plus yeah. three 
uh, which no, but doesn't make any sense. That's deceptive because I, I also picked Pippen for those blacktop teams, and I've tried to kick it out to him on many times and shoot, and that A-plus is very deceptive. But he's Stockton, really in terms of pure point, he's a great, great player. I don't know if he could stick AI, AI but then again, man in a blender. who's sticking AI? Maybe I go with the 80s then because the 80s, Magic is a is a better matchup because he's essentially Put Magic 6'10". in a blender. AI's putting Magic in a and blender, And Magic too. gobbles up AI on the other end. For what? Magic For couldn't what? play defense. Iverson couldn't play defense except poking the ball out. That's what I'm saying. Well, I, I post him, him. He posts him every time. What's Iverson? Like six six foot in air quotes, five foot ten in reality. You watch your mouth over there. I'm just saying. I love AI, <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, if you go and stretch back, like. You also named all three decades that I didn't name. I'll go and commit hard to the 90s because I think between Jordan and Pippen, that's a good counter to Kobe and LeBron. Malone is a good counter to Duncan. Elijah Wan is about equal to Shaq. And in terms of like greatness level, like they're all kind of about the same. Maybe some are higher than others, but they're all around the I'm same area. I'm shocked you're not honing in on the 80s more, to be honest with you. You like the, the 80s. No, no. Well, I, I would honestly go with the 2000s, but I was torn between the 2000s and the 80s. The only reason why I don't like the 80s is because Kevin McHale's in there. Not because he's a right, bad player. It's because he's getting right. dominated by you every get victimized by victimized one of the bigs. Victimized by either Carl Malone or Elijah Wan or Duncan and Shaq. But like it, the 2010s are very interesting. It's like, you know, if you want to run that up-tempo style of basketball, you have Curry, Harden, LeBron, and KD running the floor with Dwight as, like, a rim-running big. Granted, on defense, you want him to be, like, the all-in-all, you know, rim protector, which he just can't be. But, right, I, I mean, know. but in real life, that 2010s team, I don't see how that they would actually really work together because um, LeBron is going to... You're going to take the ball in LeBron's hands. LeBron is going to want to be the point forward on that team. Katie's already willing to take a step back. We know that. Um, but when it comes down to it, you have ball-dominant players like LeBron, Curry, and Harden, um, and I, just, I see that clashing. I mean, and, and to your point, Basketball now is different than basketball was. Way back, way different. For way a lot different. of reasons. Yeah, yeah. Rules, technology, uh, you know, Trying medicine, play, yeah, health, yeah. like Anything. everything. You got to take that into account. Yeah, right. Three-point shot. Three-point yeah. shot, yeah. There's just It's so different. Um, so we look at these all-decade teams, right? Um, were there any snubs? There were snubs. Like, who, who are the who I would are say there's the some snubs. snubs um, because people, people were in, really griping about Dwight Howard being on that Yeah, like maybe team. you put Anthony Davis in there. It's interesting. Dwight peaked from his peak was like between like 07 to 2011. And he had like some solid seasons on either end of that. But like, right, Chris Paul had a very long. similar career arc. But when you right, like, Chris Paul got drafted in 07, though, it's that's hard to like. Right, it's, it's and that's the thing is like the timeline. Like eighty played seven seasons. He averaged twenty three point seven, ten and a half rebounds on fifty eight percent or fifty eight and a half percent true shooting. Seventy two win shares. Like great, great player. Dwight in the ten seasons that fall under that are seventeen point four and twelve point seven rebounds on sixty percent true shooting with seventy six point seven win shares. Remember, Dwight was like a huge. He drugged that Magic team not to the finals. Play, not the brown at the playoffs, which is really crazy to think about how good Dwight Howard yeah. was back in the day. And that's why I don't understand the Dwight Howard. Like, it's a bunch that of... wasn't this decade. That was That's true. Right. That is the previous decade. What was that? Oh, 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 nine, oh, eight, oh, nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but even still, it's it's the very end of that last decade, and it just... 
speaks to the point that the way Howard was was dominant. And I think there's a lot of recency bias, especially when you go on like NBA Twitter Tons. and stuff. When you see, when people saw this team, they're like, Dwight Howard. People gave like the Soldier Boy emoji. Right. Dwight Howard, like no, but he was a beast. He back was a beast. Like people, like don't don't let goofy recent Dwight Howard like make you forget about the dominance that Dwight Howard was at one point in his career. And his wingspan's twice the size of me. Yeah. There you go. Keep that, that in mind. Stat of the week. Dwight, uh, his Howard. wing, Dwight Howard's wingspan is twice the size of Jewel. There you go. Right. Keep that I one mean, in the, like, in the l- bank. Look at these career accolades. Five-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA first team, one time was on All-NBA second team, one time was on the third team, three-time All-Defensive first team, three-time top ten in MVP voting. Like, for a lot, we're going to look at Dwight Howard in... 15 to 20 years when he's going into Springfield as a Hall of Famer and we're going to realize that dude was dominant. And that's and by the way those numbers are just in the 2010s but um I I think that if the, if you're looking at this possible snubs, that's probably the strongest one. You also have Barkley, probably should have been an over Pippen, but the, obviously the roadblock there is that Charles Barkley does not let 2K use his likeness or name, so it'd be kind of hard to put him in the game. He only I think the only time he was in the game was for the Dream Team in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I don't know, there are some other ones. I don't know. Is there any other ones that you saw? I mean, there's you. I, I'm torn because AI's. Like, you know, one of my all-time favorite players, of course. Um, but if you're looking to really who probably you know could have or should have been um, in that 2000s All-Decade team, you caught you probably could have put Steve Nash in there. Um, that's a two-time MVP right there. The only difference is Steve Nash didn't drag a terrible team to the finals and and win a game in LA. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, and AI is just so like iconic. Right. And I think it was more of you know influence, you know, more icon than you know performance Plus, on the court. Like you don't think of two thousand. What's the ratings in two K? AI might have had a higher rating in in most right, of those years. More skilled. You know what I mean? Right. Quote unquote skilled as a basketball player, has better handles. He's faster. Can jump higher. Like he's Nash more. Was just. Matt a little Masters bit more was, productive. Was right. it just a modern day Stockton could just do everything yep. at a very, very fundamental level? Uh, well, if we if we break it down by stats here, Nash in the two thousands, seventeen point seven per game, ten point two uh, assists on sixty one percent true shooting, hundred and two win shares though. Six time All Star, three time All NBA first team, two time MVP, four times in the top ten in MVP voting. Uh, Allen Iverson in the twenty in the two thousands. We talk about stats. Here we go. Twenty eight points per game, six assists. 52% true shooting on 81 win shares, 10-time wow, All-Star. Yeah, dude, 10-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA first team, three-time second team, um, one MVP, and six times a top MVP in voting. So it's really like one or the other. And right. I think what made AI go in there more is synonymous. he's more, yeah, he's more you know, people in 50 years, probably more people will know who AI is in basketball maybe than Steve Nash. Yep. And that's really what it boils down to. All right, guys, let's uh, combine sports and pop culture in crossover. Uh, I guess I'll hit it off. Um, I'm going to stop w- or start with the popular topic at the moment, which is Antonio Brown. I am going to compare Antonio Brown. Uh, I'm going to ask you boys something first. Have you seen War of the Worlds? Yeah. Dakota Fanning in wo- War of the Worlds. Okay, well, think of a very tiny, young Dakota Fanning I don't even see her in too many movies anymore. Maybe I it's because I, I don't pay I attention. I saw her in so Maybe many it's... like kids' movies back in the day. Right. The, only, the most recent one I think is the Twilight movies. But whatever. Who cares? The point of that is, 
she does nothing in the movie but scream and cry. She can't keep up. Uh, it, it's it's like it's annoying. It's exactly what he's doing. Look, it's both of these both of these situations to me are very sink or swim mentality. Bitch, I'm leaving your ass behind if you can't keep up. I'm getting out of there. Oh, really? I, I am getting out of there. I love fire. <laughs> Wait a minute. This is the bench. So let me just point all over. Antonio right Brown is not collaborative, and he needs to be able to sink. He's going to either sink or swim with the team. Okay. So, Jewel, let me ask you a question. When the war, when War of Worlds happens, uh, you're chunking your kid like, look, man, sorry, you're dead weight. I gotta go. Yeah, I gotta get out of there. You, you're too much weight for me. Ah, uh, no, no, I can't look, chunk. Look, Ch- can't chunk him for the same reason. You can't chunk the kid. Too I valuable. carry the kid if the kid was valuable to me. You gotta explain <laughs> the premise of the movie. Why are we chunking kids? Who chucks their kid? I'm gonna in be any a situation? good mom. Jewel wants to chunk <laughs> yeah. the kid. I don't know. Like, why are we chucking kids in any situation? I don't get. I don't get. Does Dakota uh, answer me this question? At the end of the movie, does Dakota Fanning help the situation or does she hurt the? Situation. Yeah, she she distracts the aliens be, from her screams. So I suppose she's a little useful. Okay, but. so Antonio Brown may be distracting other people by his screams, and I don't know, maybe they get it done. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to have his back here. I'm like <laughs> the only person who's trying to have his back. Be a John an Gruden. That's a, he is a child though. Um, for mine, one of my favorite players recently, non-Eagle favorite player. Um, would have to be Quinnen Williams, who just oh, got drafted you, third. Young money signing right there. That kid is freaking hilarious. Like, for right from the braces. get-go, he has braces. Like, he has really, really, like, a heavy southern draw, like, um, almost, like, broken English. But to that point, he reminds me of Fez from That's So 70 <laughs> Show. <laughs> from he, That 70 Show? He, he has, like, partially broken English. He has hilarious one-liners, and, like, his childish nature kind of endears you to the character. Like, there is something, like, he was, like, he sneezed on the red carpet and fang- <laughs> blessed himself and, and then, then said thank you to himself. <laughs> There's, like, he's, like, that it's, like, hilarious. we're playing that. It's, like, it's, like, he said something to the effect of... Yeah, it's like we're out here playing Madden, but we're in Madden. And then he had other quotes uh, like, yeah, I'm going to have to go home and I'm going to play with myself. Uh, talking about Madden. He's right. like, wait, that, that kind of came off kind of weird. <laughs> well, you it's a very Fez's quote. He's, that, oh, and I'm watching that 70s show right now, like real time, which is hilarious that you bring that up. And that's the most... Fez quote. Fez always has those little perverted quotes. But it's hilarious because you got to remember this kid is still like 18, 19, 20 young years kid. old. Like, they're so young. He's, he's huge, but he's young. Like, that's that's funny. That's a good one, uh, dude. Fez is by far, if, like, going back and watching that 70s show, like, it, Fez cracks me up, dude. Fez is, Fez is hilarious. Mine, uh, we're going to stay. We're all football in this one. So mm. I'm going to stay uh, on brand and, and stay with football. I'm going to go Jerry Jones, right? Okay. And I'm going to equate money-hungry, greedy Jerry Jones oh, to one of go. my favorite money-hungry and greedy characters, and that's Mr. Krabs Bam. on SpongeBob. Nice. <laughs> hit, yeah. it, hit it perfectly. That's Look, on the head. That really is on the head. Look, they're both, like I said, very rich and tycoons, but they're both so cheap, right? They both don't want to pay their employees who probably deserve, maybe not Dak, but Zeke at least probably deserve what, deserves what he's asking for. He has the most profitable business in the NFL. Mr. Krabs has the most profitable business in Bikini Bottom <laughs> in the ocean. They're just very synonymous and they're both very old and wrinkly and crabby. And they probably have weird laughs. I've never heard Jerry Jones laugh, but I have to imagine it's pretty weird. I have to imagine it sounds something like Mr. Krabs. <laughs> Can you do that one more time? Ready? <clears throat> that's, that's what he sounds like, right? That's his laugh. That's Jerry right, Jones' guys. laugh. Yeah. We're going to head into the countdown. Number five. The second likeliest spot to win you a championship in fantasy in both 10-team and 12-team drafts, according to Sleeper. Um, You're going to have to explain that one to me. Yeah, so essentially, out of all the teams that won their draft, uh, 
the the team that was the second likeliest was the fifth spot. So number one, the player, teams who drafted number one won the championship the most times. Right. That makes sense. But then to me, it's a little surprising that number five was the second likeliest to win your championship. Um, and this is according to the new app, Sleeper. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. It's a great tool for fantasy. But that that was shocking because I was tell, talking to my dad when we were going to our league meeting. I don't want, I hate, I hate picking number five. I hate it. Why? Uh, it's just because you're in the middle. So, like, in a snake draft, when it comes around, you never get two picks that are close to each other, which I guess in the end it doesn't really matter. Clearly, it almost benefits you. Mm-hmm. But I just don't like not being able to really plan out because there's always ten picks in between your f- first pick and the second pick and third pick. There's right. always ten picks in between where if you're one, you get that little wraparound you go boom, boom. Um, I don't know. It's just preference. Yeah, that's true. Number four. Number four is for the number of UEFA Super Cups Liverpool now has after beating Chelsea in like the the first game of the of the season of the you know the new soccer season. Uh, they're laid out. Uh, look, Liverpool came out last year, kind of stunned a lot of people. Beat Barcelona um, in the Champions League, uh, claimed a Champions League Cup. Now it claimed a Super Cup, uh, which is like the kickoff to you know the the European soccer season. Uh, look, that's a very good team. Looks like Mo Salah might repeat as one of the best players in Europe again. So we'll see what they do i did not even know until (laughs) probably like 50 to an hour ago that the super cup was between the uefa cup and the champions league you have to admit that you could have saved face well i'm just gonna i'm it's straight facts bro (laughs) i'm gonna give you straight facts i have no clue what this was however i do i do like (laughs) liverpool um i don't really suit like follow have like one team that i follow in the Premier League, but like Liverpool owned by LeBron, you know how I feel about LeBron. So mm, Liverpool get get gets a check mark in my book. Good so point. yeah. Number three. Times a team had less than forty three points in the NFL preseason and made the playoffs, none have won a playoff game when you score under forty three points in one preseason. I don't know how much the preseason matters, but when it's stats like that, that kind of. Make you think maybe this stuff does matter in some aspect. I don't know. I go back and forth on it matters for some things, and it really does not matter for a whole bunch of other things. This makes me think that it does matter. Uh, I wonder who those three teams are uh, because that's a very interesting stat. But, look, I'm still going to go on the side of that the preseason does matter. The NFL may can do some things to mend it and make it a little bit shorter and not make it as drawn out. But it does matter in some capacity. Number two. Number two is for the number of records Simone Biles just broke this past weekend at the U.S. Gymnastic Championships. Uh, she's the first woman to one, land a double-double. No, it's just so stupid about how good it was. I, well, you don't have to look at me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was, was stupefied like, by how incredible Simone Biles is. Uh, you just, know, just understand what that. she did. I didn't say anything. Jules said it. Let me tell you what she did so Matt can gaze in awe again <laughs> one more time. Okay, so she's the first woman to land a double-double dismount um which i can't even really explain to you what it is but it's on the on the little balance beam and it's this crazy move that she flips nine thousand times in the air and lands back on the, the way little you're balance describing beam. this is so funny <laughs> and also the first woman to land a triple double in in competition i know what that is that's on the floor routine um that's three rotations and two flips in the air and one jump like you have to see her complete this move it's insane and she like sticks it she lands sticks it puts her hands up in the air like it was effortless to her it was insane i was watching so this. not 
10 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, different triple-double. Different triple-double okay. than we're used to, but she's the first one to do that. Many nice. people have done that. That's amazing. You have That's no amazing. idea what you're talking about. It's so funny. Zero <laughs> clue what I'm talking about. All I know is I saw this video of Simone Biles. It blew my freaking mind, and I had to she's talk awesome. about it. All right, guys, bring it down to number one. So Magic Johnson released on Twitter a top 60 list of his top female R&B artists. Number one was Aretha Franklin. What is notable, I don't really have a problem with him putting Aretha Franklin, number one. I don't either. What I do find funny is after his top five, which he probably did have a top five, he it then alphabetically listed the rest of the people are alphabetically listed. Oh, dude, he Magic probably Johnson. got to five and said, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know anybody else. I got to go 55 more, huh? All right. Let me just Google R&B female artists and copy, copy and paste. paste. Yep. Dude, Magic Johnson gets funnier and funnier by the minute. He is funny, man. It's also his birthday. Happy birthday, Happy Magic birthday, Johnson. Magic. Happy birthday, Magic. I know you want to hear this. Your book. list uh, makes no sense. Um, I was wonder I'm going to wonder where... People like Beyonce are, uh, Whitney Houston. Top five, top five. All, uh, all Aretha top Franklin, five. top five. Yep. That's cool. I, 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 he's cool with, with Aretha, Aretha Franklin, number one. Patti LaBelle also should be up there. A lot of people who should be up there. Um, I mean, I put Aretha Franklin one. I haven't listened to many of what she said. I'll probably go Whitney Houston, then Beyonce. But that's just me. I'm not magic. Uh, uh, we're almost out of time, but we can get some shots up at the buzzer. Julie, have anything to say at the buzzer? I do with you leaving it off with Beyonce. I am going to bring up, don't know if y'all heard yet, the NFL. I was partnering with Jay-Z oh, and Rock Nation. You stole my at the buzzer. football forever. Look, How do you feel about this? I feel good because I love my man Jay-Z. Mm -hmm. This will give Jay-Z autonomy over events like the Super Bowl yeah. halftime show. Yeah. But more importantly, a say in the next chapter of the league. Talk to What him. do we think? I'm, I'm hype about That's it. That's beautiful. And, I mean, there are a couple players who came out and still weren't happy about it. Eric Reed actually was not happy about this because he's saying that it's, it's putting kind of a blanket over what the NFL is doing. Um, and not, you know, helping social justice reform and, you know, kind of saying the NFL is kind of like, here, here's what we're doing to help it and not actually in, enacting change and trying to help their players because his, his comment was, this does nothing if the NFL is still blackballing Colin Kaepernick. But Jay-Z is very out and open on saying that Colin Kaepernick needs a job, so hopefully this kind of steers it towards Colin Kaepernick getting, you know, his, his job thing or, with, or not being blackballed by the NFL. With again. Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick, he came out and said, look, I'll take the vet minimum on a one-year deal to prove myself, and then I'm going to be valued at what I think I'm valued at, I guarantee you he would have a job. So you think he's asking for, what, a starter salary? I guess. Why wouldn't he have a job, dude? After all this stuff, Come on. Jeffrey Lord, there's a bunch of owners who are known. Robert Kraft got Meek Mill out of jail. I think there are some very progressive owners out there that would love to have Colin Kaepernick. It's just that he's asking for starter salary after being three years out of the year. Miss the playoffs because they decided Josh Johns would be a better option. Yeah, there's well, no option. it's either that. It's either you don't want to pay him a starter salary, that's what he's asking for, or you just don't want all the media and extra stuff and extra exposure that comes with putting Colin, back, Colin Kaepernick Remember, on your Kaepernick team. They settled the suit and they gave Kaepernick money. Yeah, for they, they did. Right, so there was a... And now he has his that. own Nike's paying him now. He has his own Nike campaign. So Colin Kaepernick's getting money, but still bringing Colin Kaepernick on your team brings distractions and, and extra attention that people may not want. So I'm going to piggyback off of Jules at the buzzer and talk about just Jay-Z as a whole. Like, this is what it looks like when you use your money and influence for good. Like, Jay-Z is, you know, the first billionaire rapper uh, in history, has one of the most, is one of the most influential people in the world and only uses it to really enact change that he truly believes in. And if there's up-and-coming rappers, up-and-coming artists, anyone who's up-and-coming who has a lot of money is finding themselves in a place of influence, you may want to take a page out of Jay-Z's book because ever since he's been in the crazy limelight, all he has done is positive things. Look, he's paid Lil Wayne's taxes. He got... Uh, 
helped Meek Mill fight social justice reform. He got 21 Savage out of jail. He got ASAP Rocky out of jail, yeah. which are all things. He didn't get people out of jail who shouldn't have been in jail. He went and got them for like unlawful things, things they, they shouldn't have been thrown in jail for. Not to mention he's, he's he recycles his money. like to He, he disperses his money all him, the time. Him, him and Will Smith just invested uh, in, in, a, in a brand new startup company. Um, I forget exactly what it is, but they just, like you said, recycling his money. Like he's, Jay-Z is just a, a mogul upon mogul upon mogul, and that's just what it looks like when, when you have a bunch of money and influence and use it positively. Like, Jay-Z, keep doing what you're doing. That's that's Uncle Hove he, right there. He put it best. I'm not a business man. I'm a business, comma, man. Talk to him. That's a bar. Talk yeah, to him. Absolutely. Uh, only thing I have to say is with the NBA schedule being released, I cannot wait for the NBA season. There's going to be so, so many excited. great games. There's going to be so many great Sixers games they open the season against our hated rivals. The Celtics going to stomp them. But uh, I, I just can't wait for that, man. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess I'm a Thunder fan. Chris Paul looks like he's going to start the season on the Thunder. <laughs> Do you feel cornered now that we're bringing up the Sixers again for the millionth time in every single episode? No, because I'm not fighting them right now. Once I <laughs> inevitably say one objective point that doesn't agree with something great that the Sixers are doing, then all you two, and even Matt sometimes, will jump on me. So I'll prepare for that once October, Correct. November uh, through March hits. But for right now, let me focus on the fact that I'm down in Oklahoma City with a miserable Chris Paul, and we have to go play some NBA games. But that's all the time we have for this episode. It was a great one. Big ups to Kyle Sobieski, Greg Barron, and Stat Matt Robinson behind the camera from my partner, Jewel Schmitz. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. To my main man's Jake Galley. I'm James Jackson, and these have been the facts. Straight up. <laughs>